0: For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B., and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com podcast. Enjoy.
1: Hey there, welcome to the Katie Says Podcast. This is the fifth in a series of special episodes that we are calling Between the Lines. In the series, Katie Bowman and Stephanie Domet explore the deeper messages in and connections between Katie's books.
0: I'm Katie B., biomechanist and author of Move Your DNA. And I am Stephanie D., a chronically curious writer and radio
1: journalist. Uh, Katie, I think we should say a little bit about this series because here we are, five episodes in. Some newcomers uh, might not know what we're up to. So we're thinking of these Between the Lines episodes as a, a kind of book club. Why did you want to offer a series of conversations specifically about your books?
0: Well, I think that my books reflect the greatest source of my ideas you know i wrote blog posts for so long and they're kind of uh, there's a ton of information on the blog just like as there is in the podcasts but they're not particularly connected so i'm not sure i mean i've had a lot of people feedback and say i love the short form i love walking away from an episode or a blog post with one single piece of information so i, I think that there's um, many people who find the value in, in the short form. And then you could also say that maybe some of my books, cause there's so many, there are eight. Mm-hmm. So just that, the, the number alone, I would say lends itself to doing a book club because that's a pretty large number of books. I mean, I don't even know if there's that many Twilight books. Yeah. Are there, tw- are there eight in the Twilight series? I'm not oh, sure. You're asking the wrong other big series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Katie Bowman, more prolific than Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> You even know the name. I, like you're I mean, I, you're just good. I'm just Stephanie. good. I just know my stuff.
0: <laughs> so, uh, if you would look at the t- all the titles going across, you'd be like, "Huh, diastasis recti." There's a couple of foot books, There's something about. I mean, there's some movement stuff going on, but they they seem really, perhaps unrelated. If you were to just look at the covers of all of them, which we've been warned not to do, but. <laughs> Maybe we do anyway. And so I thought, especially for people who've been, who've trained extensively with us in, you know, in our, our training program and for people who've been following for a long period of time, there's a lot of meat in these books. So the books could each be said to be like many blog posts and many podcast episodes assembled Mm -hmm. into one long thread but the books themselves, these seemingly unrelated books, when you assemble them together, you get an even larger picture. But that's reading eight mm-hmm. books, and that's reading eight books close to each other, while also maybe reading the blog post and listening to the podcast. And like I, I think in such like one kind of global way that I see every single thing I've ever put out including articles that I've written for other publications, Mm. I see them all as one body of work. And so if you're missing half of that, it's kind of like, huh, I don't really get this one thing. And it's like, yeah, that's because it's buried in this book called diastasis recti. And you're a 27 year old dude and you didn't know that there was anything for you in that book, you know? So, so I thought that, well, I can do the work. I can do that work for everyone listening, like no assembly required perhaps i could i could do some of it and so maybe people who had listened to one or two episodes or more or read a couple of books could see that what we get we get a tremendous number of questions mm-hmm. tremendous mm-hmm. and and i would say that 99.9% of them are answered in the materials that i've put out meaning that answer is already available and assembled but it's not Easy to, it's not easy to see until you've passed through it, and I don't expect anyone to pass through it without realizing why they might want to. So that's the reason for the book club. Is like I'll assemble some, I'll I'll weave some of the tapestry for you here. You and I can do that together, and then I think then those little bits that you're trying to impart in your life, the practical. I think that once your mind has shifted to grasp some of the like the other concepts, the practical becomes even easier. And, and, and you're finding that there's more space for the practical now that you see where you could go by by doing so. So that's that's the intention. And so
1: far, we've talked about alignment matters and movement matters as they relate to each other. And, and there'll be lots more, I think, on movement matters to come. We've talked about move your DNA. We've talked about dynamic aging. And so today, I thought we should tackle your two foot books, uh, Simple Steps to Foot Pain Relief and Whole Body Barefoot. So the obvious question to me is, why two books on feet? Is that like one for one left and one right? One for each foot? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> one for each foot. One for each foot. I didn't want anyone to be left out. Would well, that be funny if I wrote, this is a book for your
1: <laughs> And this is a book for your left. She's getting book. ever more specialized, that Katie Bowman.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'd have to write a lot of books. If I had to write part by part, it would take a long time. <laughs> but two foot books, because I, I mean, I guess two reasons. One, there's a lot of parts in a small area. So if you're going to go with the move more slash move more of you, which we tackled in, I think, move your DNA. Since most of us are shod, which is a very, a one word way of saying have always worn shoes. (laughs) (laughs) It means that it's a tremendously sedentary area. And so for me, starting with the foot brings about the greatest reward because it is maybe the most sedentary area on your body. Even if you were super duper athletico, it would still be, if you had been shod, maybe the most sedentary area on your body. So it's just a tremendous results potential. That was not the reason that I wrote it. But every time anyone asks me, where do I start? I always say, start with the feet because one, yes, it is your foundation. There's not really many motions that don't initiate or pass through your feet. Mm. So like if you're trying to work on your calves or your knees or your hips or your spine or your pelvis or your lower back or your neck, mechanically speaking, the foot is we say setting the platform Mm. or being the foundation, but those feel very sedentary to me. I think of a platform and a foundation as being fixed Right, these solid blocks. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know if we want to keep saying that because it's really more like, I think of like when you launch a ship, that platform that the shuttle is moving from is is movable, right? It's coming in and coming out. So you're launching your movements from this platform. And imagine if the shuttle's platform wasn't all flat and level, but like slightly tipped one way, how that would affect the entire trajectory of the shuttle. So it's like your launching pad for every single movement is highly sedentary, has lost its strength, has lost its malleability. So so it means that every move, if you've got this super complex, there's 33 joints in each foot, 25% of the number of muscles and bones in your body are from the ankle down. I've said this over and over again. And it blows my mind beca- every time. It is because it's one quarter. Yeah. One quarter of the positions like available to your body start in the feet. If your feet can only get into one or two positions, all of that nuanced movement is lost, which means your launching point for all other motions is reduced down to those two positions. So you're moving exponentially less because of your immobile feet. So it's this kind of, kind of like a no-brainer to start there because it not only helps you move more, you're moving way more of you every time you launch. But secondly, and people are always saying, I don't have that much time, what do I do? Uh If I'm looking for another way to be a non-exercise mover, what do I do? And it's like, put something different on your feet than what you're putting on now. That is really casting your entire body. that's why for Whole Body Barefoot, I wrote Every Woman's Guide to Foot Pain Relief was my first book. It is now Simple Steps to Foot Pain Relief. It's been uh, slightly updated. Because dudes have foot um, pain too. Well, and exactly. And, the, and I originally wrote it as both, but they're like every, I mean, women have at least, you know, statistically what's been researched, more foot pain. It's like one in four women have such great foot pain that it they can't move the rest of their body, meaning that they have to be on rest. And it's very interesting. I went to a group, a, a women's gathering group yeah. for a weekend for a retreat and there weren't, very many, you know, you're, it was 600 women, just statistics wise. There weren't very many, as far as injuries, there were no like casts or braces. So like I'm scanning with my eyes. That's where this data is about to come from. And I saw 14 women with foot immobilizing casts, like where they have a foot fracture, soft casts. Huh? 14. 14. And these are women who, who have come to do it. It was all in the woods, you know, it's bumpy ground and they were going to suck it up and do it anyway. But I was like, that's so interesting to me that of all 100% of the visual injuries that I'm seeing are all of one foot, very common for, um, like foot fractures. And it's just, it's a very common injury. And you see, I mean, they're young women, you know, they're, it's not, um, an older person's injury by any means. They're, you know, they're active, they're runners, you know, they're, so you just see it over and over again. It I, I just stuck out to me like, wow, look at all the foot casts on this group of, you know, at least active in the forest women Yeah. where there's nothing else. There's no wrists, there's no broken arms, there's, you know, yeah. no back braces. It was just the foot one on one foot. So with the reason that I wrote Every Woman's Guide to Foot Pain Relief was for that. You know, out of all of the questions that I would get, multi-generational, when it was one particular group, it's pelvic floor always, but multi-generational, it was always like the feet. Or if someone was like, well, what about my pelvic floor? I'd be like, okay, we'll do this. And they're like, oh, I can't do that because my ankles don't move. Right. And I was like, okay, so then what I was going to give you for your pelvic floor, we have to start with the feet. So it's, it's like a hybrid of the fact that it's problematic. The feet are problematic for so many people to the extent that it's casted or made sedentary more than just the foot. It's, it's, it's really such an easy place to start. And so many people coming for knee, hip, back, pelvic floor, you know, when they're coming for exercises to mobilize the rest of their body, once we cut their feet, once we got them moving their feet differently and standing upon their feet differently, they didn't even have to do anything for their back or their (laughs) pelvic floor, because it was like, well, when your feet are moving with the rest of your legs, like that takes care of moving these other parts that, you know, for example, the pelvic floor that you're just standing and clenching and releasing in isolation. Like that, that's a, that's a movement that comes because you're passing over your foot in a particular way, but we don't think of the pelvic floor, as related to how the foot is articulating with the ground, so that's why feet. It's there. It's just like I don't think there's not anyone who wouldn't be informed or or be made more mobile by working through those books. Here's something that really stood out for me. The last time I read Whole Body Barefoot,
1: you write, "What you wear on your feet is a whole body issue and not limited to the feet at all, because you are not one single body, but a body fashioned out of trillions of smaller cellular bodies." the shoe you put on is never going on just your foot. You're putting that shoe onto a body of a trillion cells. And likewise, when you change your shoes, every cell in your body feels it. Mm. Yeah, that just, I copied it out of the ebook and (laughs) pasted it into a document to ask you about later. Uh, And it seems to me after our move your DNA conversation that that feels very move your DNA to me. How crucial a point is this to understand in what your? ultimately saying about feet and what we put on them and and
0: how we use them. It's so critical. It's also, to me, that sentence is about movement, the difference between exercise and movement. You know, you putting, when you put something on your feet in the morning, you're not exercising. Mm -hmm. You're not, it's not exercising based on how you walk in the shoes that you've put on, but you are being moved by the shoes that you put on. And because we don't, think in terms of movement, but only exercise. We don't think in terms of cellular deformation. And so like the, that sentence is about you're, you're being moved all day long from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Your environment is moving you. Your footwear is your environment. And so that's, that's why, you know, I don't even know if that particularly comes across because in move your DNA, I still have to work at the level where in, in the next book where it will be basically calling out non-exercise movement and clarifying that your environment, you're being shaped by your environment. And I think people can get the fact that like, oh, the train that you're walking on is uphill or downhill or it's bumpy or slippery. You know, they, they can get those external pieces because, it, you know, in my examples, you're moving over them. So therefore it kind of still relates to exercise a little bit because your arms and legs are going, but simply putting on footwear is pushing on you. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you know, if you picked up a weight and, and did a particular set of exercises, you would know that, oh, that would mean that this muscle is going to grow over here and this one's going to atrophy. And like, we've got this sense of form in exercise, you know, your personal trainer helps you work with your form because you're trying to eke out a particular shape. It's like, but you'll slap anything on your foot, not realizing that that's the movement that you chose to do all day and that you're pushing and pulling cells and are putting muscles over here and letting other muscles atrophy over here or down to the bone level or the nerve health level, the skin level, that all of these tissues, just like you're at the gym, like you're growing and shaping them and you maybe didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And for people You know, I, I, I'm always interested in, you know, what the fitness sector is into because that group in particular is like already made this decision. Like I'm going to use a mode of exercise to push my body around to a particular experience. It's the people in pain who are not regularly given access to the idea that their environment and the way that they're moving through it can can be relating to that. And so it was like, well, you got this, you know, you're, you're creating a high pressure situation here. Can you back up off of that pressure situation and maybe let these tissues adapt to something different? And again, the reason that trillion body thing is so important is what you put on your feet isn't only affecting you from the ankle down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about, it's not only about foot pain. It's, it's easiest, I would say to say. Hey, your foot's bothering you. Let's look at what's on your feet. It's different to say, Hey, you have chronic tension in your neck. Let's look at what's on your feet. You know, even though the distance (laughs) isn't that great between the two, but to explain a set of forces being created, you know, it's like, well, there's this thing called angular acceleration. And when you put this on your foot, if you raise the heel above your toe all the time, that's creating a particular tension in the lower part of the body, which kind of slows the lower part of the body down relative to the upper body. And so you walking in that shoe is the same mechanics as a whiplash injury in a car, only you get one with every step at a very low speed. So the effects compound, Uh you know? And so like, I, I get into that later on, but I feel like the first level is, Did you know that what you put on your foot is affecting the rest of your body? And I think that's radical for a lot of people initially. So, yeah, it it does relate back to the cellular well-being because we think of injuries, again, as a foot injury, a back injury, or whatever. We don't necessarily think of it as just cellular behavior, Mm -hmm. you know, because it has a name and a, you know, a code on your insurance that it's like, well, a lot of these things are just cellular phenomenons when you break them down. Movement can be a cellular phenomenon and, and uh, you know, a bulging disc can be a f- cellular phenomenon as well. And so it's just kind of about breaking everything down into a slightly smaller level and say everything you do matters, starting with what's on your feet. And I want to unpack just
1: two concepts kind of quickly, just to make sure that I understand them. Cellular deformation, so when I hear deformed, I think that's not good. But what we want is is to deform ourselves on the regular, right? We want to be like squishing ourselves, putting them into kind of different
0: configurations. That's That's a goal. Is that right? Right. Okay. Yeah. De- de- deformed just means like to have the shape be changed, and so that's movement. That's what movement is: is a change in shape. If there is no deformation, there is no more. There's no movement. Okay. So I'm i aiming for deformation here. Yes, and just constant different deformations, right? Because that's that means that you're moving in a lot of different ways. You're right. moving a lot, right? Just to have one deformation over and over again that kind of stops being movement because it's just static in a different position. Like the differences between such a long period over such a long period of time, it stops being recognized kind of as a difference. So yes, you want cellular deformation, deformations maybe. Okay. So implying change.
1: And then the other thing uh, is one of the first things you, you said in this conversation, it was about your feet being sedentary. So even if you are, like a long distance runner, and you're running, I don't know how many miles a week does a long distance runner run, but you're doing it in a, a tr- sort of traditional built up running shoe, your feet are moving over the earth, but they're not moving in that shoe necessarily. And so then they're sedentary, even though they're tracking X number of miles.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, the feet, because the, I mean, it all depends on how you think of the feet. If, if you think of them as one thing being displaced over the earth, it's like my feet are have been moved. It's right. like, well, but there is another way of looking at it, which is the parts within the foot moving relative to each other. Uh And in that case, it would be sedentary. So it just, it's all just, it's all depends on how you are defining these terms. But yeah, you can be in a shoe that immobilizes you and then you can be selecting terrain that further immobilizes you, which would be- So a running shoe on a hard paved path. On a hard paved flat Uh path. You know, like there's so many different variables- that eke out movement, and then, but to say you like you could be in something malleable. You could be in a you could be barefoot. Maybe you're a barefoot runner, but you are barefoot on flat paved. You're still going to have large elements of sedentarism within the foot because you've eliminated grade and texture, and so your terrain is void of parts that would deform the parts of your foot, and so therefore. You could still, even unshod, still be sedentary. Right. Okay. Less so. Yeah. Less so than when you're wearing the stiff shoe, but it's all, it's like a continuum. Right. Because it's still your environment that you're putting that, that foot in. Sure. Yeah. You're being moved, you're being moved from the outside oftentimes. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So let's look at these two books. Who would you say Simple Steps to Foot Pain Relief is for?
0: It's definitely a layperson book. I wrote it. I wrote it with my grandmother in mind, who had a debilitating, had beautiful feet and debilitating foot pain. You know, and has <laughs> since gone on to numerous joint replacements. But I just kind of wrote it for her. It's kind of it's fun. You know, I I, I keep everything that I write very light. I would say it's uh, jargon free for the most part except for a few key terms. I mean, it's like the first toe, the second toe, the third toe, the fourth toe, you know, it's got, it's very accessible. Right. It's also like that being said, I would say that the information within it would be helpful to even, I mean, is it number one in podiatry or it's like in the top 10 in podiatry? It's the number one bestseller
1: podiatrists since the day it came out.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I had a lot of podiatrists review it and like, this is great, you know, like, because it doesn't have to be jargon rich to be new or novel or, you know, good scientific information, good and anatomical information, just because I've chosen to leave the words out that are inclusive only to a few that have had a particular training. The ideas are sophisticated. So layperson doesn't mean, it simp- doesn't mean easy or dumbed down. It simply means that I've like pained mm-hmm. myself, <laughs> not pained at all. Now don't do I've, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just, I've thoughtfully made it for the people who I think need it the most, which is the person out there with no anatomical background at all, who was like, oh, I got, I can lift my first toe, you know, yeah. like, like just... So These it's, it's things for can everyone. work independently of each other? Yes, what? yes, yes, yeah. yes. Which, which, which I mean, I've seen people teach like feet and they're teaching them so complicated and, and made it's like no one but people already interested in movement are even gonna grasp that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so it's just real simple. You know, it's it's simple things you can do in a chair. I mean, I made it for people who aren't quite as mobile, but again, athletes are like people who are excellent movers, like I learned a lot from that book. And I would say that simple steps to foot pain relief has greater content about shoes. Like I go yeah. into shoe anatomy more. So it's really a good counterpart to whole body barefoot where you get more into feet and gait, Uh-huh. where simple steps is like, okay, here, here's, here's how to really understand what I'm talking about as far as the parts of a shoe so that you can then go out and change Elements of your footwear by by choosing to buy something, playing around like you learn like what does an upper do because maybe there's an aspect of the shoe that you require, Mm -hmm. so you can't go minimal all the way. But there's three other elements or four other elements that you could play with. So it just makes it makes you more aware that you get to choose the amount of casting you put on your foot, you know, or the way that you're being casted, so that you can let it work for you. You can get the benefit of the shoe while still getting the benefit of foot movement, right? So that's my end goal. So let's say I'm somebody who works in an office and I
1: have a weakness for shoes with a bit of a heel, let's just say. So is Simple Steps saying I, I can balance time in heeled shoes with the exercises and the correctives that you offer and work in maybe a little more sort of thoughtfully barefoot time and still be better off, even if I'm gonna most days wear my heeled shoes to work and probably just sit at my desk all day?
0: Well, I don't know. It it doesn't give permission to balance because I think that there's like, like and like a good dietitian. I don't think will say that you can balance off. I use this example a lot. That you can balance off a creme brulee with a salad. Like it doesn't work that way. It's all input. Yes. However, if if you have if you love these shoes and these shoes are bringing you joy and and they are you so you identify with them so strongly that that to let them go would thwart you from thinking about that you could take better care of your feet. That's what the book is saying. It's like, well, if you, you know, it's just like, if you work at a desk job, like your shoes are, are also your desk job. I've never said you have to quit your desk job. I might've implied it a couple times, but <laughs> I'm not going to state it. I'm not going to state it outright, but it's just more like, it's not about balance. It's just looking at the non-time that you're doing the thing and making sure you're moving more during that time. Right. So if you have I did so much publicity for that book when it first came out, which was right around the holiday time. Mm. And if you go back to the archives, like on Facebook, you can see these articles. I did so many articles for the high heel hangover, <laughs> which is, I was doing a lot of PR in New York city where everyone is wearing like, no, I mean, it shouldn't be everyone, but everyone that I saw in the magazine industry were rocking like three to four inch heels. You know, they were all in their twenties and early thirties. And they had only been wearing these shoes for a short period of time, professionalism. They associate professionalism with this particular set of footwear and they're setting the trends and they just couldn't ever do an article never to say that, that the shoes, the heels weren't really helping you on X, Y, Z. Every article had to be about Balancing the fact that you wanted to wear them with, well, what do I do in the morning? You know, so it right because my
1: feet are killing me, exactly. Yeah. And
0: so, like, and I was, was like, you know, you wouldn't write about any other health input, like, oh my gosh, I gorged myself on ice cream last night, like a tub and a half, two tubs. What do I do the next day? You know, and then they give advice, they give purging. It's like purging. Like there's a belief that you can actually purge. And that's, and so I don't like to reinforce that mindset because I find it a very dangerous mindset to believe that you purge off behaviors that you know are by your own data collection kind of doing you harm. Right. But so I would, you know, there'd be a couple word choices, never balance never even in moderation. That's another thing that I like to stay away from, but it'd be more like, Oh, you know, here's some ways to move the next day, move differently, like reload your feet. And my favorite tip, which is not in any book, but I'll be right here on this podcast. This
1: is like a podcast exclusive. I just got closer to my headphones.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. Is that you always keep a water bottle, a small water bottle frozen in the freezer. And when you wake up the next morning, you roll it under your feet. Mm. So you're getting the icing, the cooling with also the pressure or the mobility. So it's like a, it's a twofer. So that's my high heel hangover. That's the salty dog of the next day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Exactly. (laughs) It was an exclusive between the lines podcast tip.
0: Exclusive. (sighs) So to finish the question, Whole Body Barefoot is for, it's more technical. It has more mechanics in it. So in my mind, I just thought it'd be the next book for the person who already, already read the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's too jargon heavy or technical. If you read the first one, it'd be like more exercises, more deeper explanation. It's also a great offshoot of Move Your DNA. If you're like, okay, I love Move Your DNA, but like, what's what can I do now? How do I like dig in? It's like, well, then whole body barefoot would be a great next one because now you can really get into gait and terrain and and some corrective exercises for your feet that, that aren't the 70 exercises, maybe one or two of them are there, but that that you're really kind of expanding. Like I'm going to work on my feet right now. I'm going to work on my gait. I'm going to work on my stance. And then also professionals, professionals like physios and For the people who I had reviewed that book, for my first book, it was like podiatrists who see people in foot pain. Mm -hmm. That's totally different than who athletes tend to go through for their health information. So like podiatrists really do see the bulk of the population, most of which is non-exercising and sedentary. So that's really their most frequented person, not the person willing to do a bunch of corrective exercise, you know, so... So I wrote that book kind of for the podiatry crowd. Whole Body Barefoot is for people who I think are already pretty active on their feet. They are exercises or athletes or people keen to mechanics who like, you know, I had a lot lot of orthopedic surgeons are like, this is is an awesome book, you know, because like I never really, I, I, I like that this way it's explained because it makes sense to the orthos and then also anatomists and back to the cellular crowd. So it's just, it's a good second. Like if you were a total layperson, I would start with simple steps and then go to whole body barefoot. I guess everyone could kind of do that. Or you could jump right to whole body barefoot. So I wrote there. It's just, it's more technical. I didn't write that. I don't know if my grandmother would pick up whole body barefoot.
1: Yeah, because it's really asking a little bit, a little bit more from readers, isn't it? I, it's right there in the yeah. title. You know, one one book promises simple steps, and the other indicates, you know, what this is actually bigger than than just my feet.
0: Yeah, and and also transitioning to minimal footwear. Like, there's an intention yeah. in that book, which is this is for people who maybe even already want to. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people who made the transition to minimal footwear and ended up with big injuries, and and there was there's a lot of like barefoot is best mentality out there in the barefoot or, or, or running communities. But people were so like, they were just injured. They were injured and they, and I don't think that they knew why. And that took away a lot of the credibility for, for that, that barefoot is a, is a state. The amount of injuries I think led the industry of the people who are in charge of like publishing foot health information, which is podiatry, it kind of like discredited this idea that your feet are strong enough to deal, you know, to, to move unshod, because it wasn't a very deep argument. It didn't take into consideration adaptation, transition time, environment, the movement habits surrounding your single athletic barefoot bout. And so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to broaden the discussion because I felt like I love the barefoot minimal footwear movement. I think it might be one of the single like I almost said single handedly, <laughs> <weird>. like exactly <laughs> like it's 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 going to make a lot of people move more of them mm-hmm. with ease, like just by sh- by consuming differently, like not even any other exercises. So it's important and to me, I think, to make sure the discussion stays robust and everyone understand how they relate to it, how they can participate in it, and how they can transition more into it. So I wanted that that book to be there. And it is, and it's done really well. So I'm, I'm I mean, glad you for make, that.
1: You make the point that you know, it, could take, it could take somebody years sure. to, to transition well to A minimal shoe and that you shouldn't have the expectation that you're going to read this book, put it down, go get a pair of earth runners and, and hit the road
0: safely, you know? But, and, and also though that everyone can do something, even the Mm -hmm. person's like, I could never do that because my, my foot has X, Y, and Z problems. My point is like, your foot has X, Y, and Z problems likely because you've never used it. You can still spread
1: your toes and get some benefit.
0: Yeah. And I unstack it like, right. So whole, so whole body barefoot is bare being barefoot on the earth unstacked. Yeah. It, it is taking, so this is back to movement. This is the movement matters. All of my, all of my exercise books are unstacked versions of the natural thing. Right. So it's like, oh, being barefoot on the earth. Okay, great. That's, that is the thing that we're discussing is beneficial. What are the nutrients that you experience in that? Okay texture. Okay. All right. So you're in your house. You've, you've never been unshod before. We're not going to go like running over your backyard. You're going to start with a tennis ball. That is, that is the least amount of pressure and there's no, you know, there's no points on it or anything to, to cut you or harm you at all. And you're just going to start rolling your foot over it. That later is a component of you stepping on a rock, on a six hour barefoot hike, you know, carrying a kid or a backpack. Mm. But it starts with a very low dose of vitamin texture and, and all of the things, you know, tucking, doing the top of the foot stretch, which is reaching your foot behind you and tucking your toes over Like that's you sitting on the ground with your foot, with your feet tucked beneath you, a position that most people can't do, but it's the first step. It's a low, it's a low dose. It's one, it's one one nutrient pulled out of a food, you know? So that's why the nutritious movement words are there. It's because we, these are the minerals and vitamins that end up making up the thing that you want to do. And, -hmm. but you have to re-nourish yourself before you jump right into it. It's like re-releasing an animal into the wild. You have to train it out. You have to train it back into behaviors that it doesn't know anything about. Yeah. And so that's what the transitioning is for is, is we're simulating many aspects of moving around unshod outside so that when you go do it, you're more adapted to to it without having even done it before.
1: In Whole Body Barefoot, you write, we have this idea that the body can endlessly adapt to whatever we choose to do, but that's not the case. We can adapt for a while, but there is always a biological tax. And in many cases, this tax is so far removed from the initial point of compensation, we don't even associate the two, which keeps us consuming the problematic load. Okay, so that's a a quote from Whole Body Barefoot. And when I think about climate change, Katie, I I think about humankind's ability to adapt to just about anything and the ways in which maybe that keeps us from doing the work we ought to be doing now to to mitigate climate change as as best we can. We think, eh, we'll adapt. We're endlessly adaptable. And when I reread that passage in Whole Body Barefoot, it made me think instantly of movement matters. Can you talk about the ways in which that passage from whole body barefoot is perhaps related to the thesis of movement matters?
0: Gosh, I can, you know, I can, I know know I will. will. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, I'm interested in the idea of like what adaptation actually means so many, there's a lot of words that are involved and, and they get mixed up in our thoughts and we forget like where the sources of the words come from, but like just so everyone knows adaptation in a biological sense is it's a, a change or some sort of, you know, or the the process of change by which an organism, us becomes better suited to its environment. Mm -hmm. Adaptation is a process and adaptation, I guess, is the, the actual change itself. So I've been fascinated with the idea that, if the state of your body right now requires a technology to work within the environment that it's in, mm-hmm. does that tech, is that technology now part of your anatomy? Uh-huh.
1: Your arm brace or your, your knee brace or, your or shoes. Whatever.
0: We can just keep it on shoes. Like it doesn't okay. have to be injurious. So okay. I think it's like, I think we want to go to like, like the thing that's wrong with us because we don't think that footwear is, because we've adapted to it, right? We don't think right. of it as what's wrong with us. But if you can't go outside without it, yes. if you can't take a walk without it, if if you, if you your bio, other biological functions can't perform without it, uh-huh. it's like an exoskeleton of sorts. That's how I've been thinking about my house and my <sighs> shoes and my jacket. It's like, oh, these are... These are parts of me that I could not survive without. I have an exoskeleton now, and the things that I'm putting on my body are all stand-ins for something that my body used to be able to do. So I have a hard time not seeing footwear as my anatomy, and I understand what the actual definition of anatomy is. But because we created the language and the definitions – they're, they lend themselves very well to seeing that there is no problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, so seeing that there is no problem because I'm functioning just fine without looking around to say, and here are, here's the list of things that I'm just fine with, and here's the cost of those things. That's the movement matters aspect of it is my sedentarism? let's just say if my feet for the sake of this podcast, requires a very large displacement of people and earth stuffs. Now, I the reason it's not part of my anatomy, though, is because I could adapt to something else, meaning I could lose those shoes, and I've gone through the process of losing them. Through my own efforts, I can harvest less. I mean, first of all, anyone can do this by just getting rid of the number of pairs of shoes that they have. Anyone can harvest less by getting like that, let's just get down to one pair of shoes. Right. Then with that one pair of shoes, you can choose what the sources are for that, and you can harvest less based on what type of shoe you choose to get. And and like you'd have to figure out what the displacement of earth stuffs are for that one pair of shoes that you get. Obviously, if you make your own shoes by hand, you've you've outsourced even less, right? So like this is it's all movement matters uh-huh. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> So, but I, I, so I've been able to have way less shoes just out of preference. Like I can choose to have a preference for less number of shoes. And then I can choose to do more work with my arms and legs to make my own pair of shoes. But then it gets into, and I can engage in this training program to start to improve the anatomy of my own feet that have that potential to do so to the extent where I need to wear my shoes less, which means they wear out in a shorter period of time, you know, like, so you just keep working Mm -hmm. backwards to see like, okay, well, what do I need? And I, and it's a very long transition. Like, there's still, there's still activities that I want to engage in that require I wear footwear, but I could adapt to being fully barefoot if I made that my intention and I set up my life to be able to do that, which means I'd have to give up other things that really aren't enhancing my particular anatomy, I would have to do that, which is, that's the thing. (laughs) And then, and then I could adapt to something to, to not needing that technology as an exoskeleton. That's really the process that I'm in right now is slowly moving away from needing so much exoskeleton because it is a because I require it right now to be fine. So my level to adaptation is to my environment, which includes the stuffs. So if I want less stuffs and I have lots of motivations for why I want less stuffs, it used to be solely for physical robusticity. And now I've been able to link my physical robusticity to other things that I'm interested in, which is the state of the planet, mm-hmm. the other social justice issues. Like I may, I've been able to kind of like work backwards to that. I'm like, okay, now I'm more motivated to change my life. It's not just for strong feet, which is where I started. And so that's what that adaptation is, is you could through work, and not everyone has that equal capacity because of whatever physical health issues are, but to whatever your capacity is, you probably likely could slough off some exoskeleton through physical Work specific for that, so that's that's what I'm talking about. Is to remove the technology, like it's me stepping back from technology. Footwear is a technology, you know. How can I consume less technology through more movement? Is is the move is the way that you link movement matters? I would say to whole body barefoot and simple steps. I just got like whole body goosebumps in that <laughs> answer. Horripilation, baby. That's right. I'm all
1: movement all up in here. Exactly. <laughs> so at the end of the day, basically, both of these books are are really good on ramps to your work, depending on, on where a reader is standing. If they're kind of a, you know, a, a rank beginner with some foot pain and some questions, simple steps might be the place for them. Mm. And if they're maybe a little further down the path or on a slightly different path, they could dive into Whole Body Barefoot and... You know, derive quite a bit of benefit from it. Is that, is that you know? Do you see these books as as good places for for beginners to to start to get a handle?
0: I do one because foot pain is so prevalent. Mm. It's just like if you did nothing else, if you could just move a little bit more because your feet weren't hurting you, you've nailed it. Right. You're 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 having to outsource less movement, and so it's just a, it's a simple way. You know, and it's like even or even just the joy in your life. You know, if you're mm. feeling not joyous because you can't move. I mean, foot pain is a drag, Yeah, you know, it's, it's like you're sitting there, your mind is like, let's do this. And like, you know, parts of you want to go. And then that, you know, you get a pressure on your foot and then you're like, you're, you're, you know, your mindset is thwarted a little yeah. bit. It's just a, it's just a, you know, it can be a, it's a, it can be a simple thing that is really accessible to, to many, even if you didn't even change your shoes, even if you just moved your feet out of them a little bit more, like I, you, there is no requirement that you go full Monty here. Just <laughs> do something, just do something, you know, just start <laughs> with something. And then, and then you're, then that's great. That's all. That's all. Even if you just think I'd like to do something, that's a start.
1: All right. Well, I am standing here on my two feet. They are bare. Move me. What do you
0: got? Let me give you goosebumps again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So if you're you're standing, if you shift your weight all the way forward, I'm coming very close to the microphone. If you shift your weight all the way forward, you can feel the pressure in the front of the foot. Can you feel that in there? Like, oh yeah, so much that your heels are almost up. Yeah. This standing state is where a lot of people spend a lot of their time. Mm. We're well, and you'll find this in almost every single one of my books because it's such a simple way to start using more muscle while still standing. So this is the way that a lot of people come to me like this. And then if you just shift your weight all the way back, I'm going away from the microphone now so that you're on the back of your foot more towards the heel, yeah, like in the center of the heel so that your toes are liftable. That's an adjustment that you can make a thousand times a day that moves you more. And mm-hmm. it also moves some of you, especially that front part of the foot that for many people is kind of overburdened, That's what I mean. Like, you can't endlessly adapt. The fact that you carry all the weight on the front of your foot, you're not going to, like, there's a, in Move Your DNA, I use the Viewmaster as kind of an an analogy of your tissues are adaptable. Yeah. But there's a range of adaptability. So you've got a tremendous amount in that range, but there is a range. And so if you stand on the front of your foot all the time, You're not going to beef up the front of your foot with like, oh, well, we'll just grow bigger toe bones to be able to bear down. You might increase the swelling of the area for a little while to increase pressure, to kind of give you a buffer from the pressure. But eventually you kind of start creating a growth, you know, within the tissues or a way that the tissues are growing. That is what we call certain diseases, you know, like like the hallmark of certain diseases are simply tissue states. And oftentimes they're just created by the way that we load them. They're the, uh-huh. They are the tissue state that you would expect through that type of mechanical loading. So like they're not mysteries. They're like, yeah, well, you put your pressure on there all the time. That's exactly what I would expect your body to do. So let's take the pressure off. So right. shifting your weight back towards your heels and off of the front of the foot is a, is a simple alignment makeover, if you will, that you can do multiple times a day and you don't have to do it perfectly. You just have to do something, but you'll notice if you're wearing heeled shoes that uh-huh. you can't really shift back. The way that your body is able to balance that heel is by moving forward. And so take off your, get on is maybe the first thing that you can do just okay. on something comfortable and safe and then try to back up. So that's, that's how you can move all trillion of your body parts just with that. So efficient. Easy. So we've been talking about Simple Steps to Foot
1: Pain Relief and Whole Body Barefoot, both written by Katie Bowman, both available in paperback and in ebook formats wherever books are sold, including at nutritiousmovement.com, uh, where for just a couple more days, we're at the end of August, but just a couple more days, you'll find them on sale right through the end of August. You can take $5 off any of Katie's books. Uh, use the code PODCAST5. That's PODCAST and the numeral 5, no space in between. I should note also, Whole Body Barefoot is available at audible.com in case you would like to take Katie's ideas for a walk. Mm. We call that stacking your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Katie, September is right around the corner, and I know that you have a lot of dates on the calendar in September. What is up for you in the next few weeks?
0: Ooh, well, if you're in Washington, you're in luck. <laughs> I will be at, I'm speaking at the Ancestral Health Symposium in Seattle, and I'm doing two talks on the Olympic Peninsula at local libraries one on Friday Harbor which is one of the San Juan Islands mm-hmm. it's like a vacation destination i'm excited to go there i'm going to take a 3 hour <laughs> boat ride to get there ah delightful and the other one is in the town that i live in now Squim, washington at their library which is it's going to be super exciting we're talking dynamic aging and i live in a retirement community amazing and so the last time i did this talk was for simple steps to foot pain relief when it first came out in I think it was 2011 yeah. and there were a hundred people uh-huh. crammed in our little library uh-huh. room and they were all just like and they're all spreading their toes and lifting their toes and doing that hip back exercise so it's been kind of it's been kind of fun to live in a small community of people who many of them moved here to have activity to mm-hmm. have the, the nature and the, and the movement. So that's been kind of fun. So th- those are three places that I will be in September. And then here, you can always keep finding us on the podcast if you can't get to September live viewings.
1: <laughs> Katie Bowman in her natural environment. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're really not one for, for just sitting there, Katie. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so in that spirit, uh, when next we meet, we will talk about don't just sit there. Your clarion call to the cubicle workers of the world.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. Well, this will be fun to go into and don't just sit there because everything we just said about the shoe, you can say about your desk now. You're wearing your desk. Where do we go from here?
1: Oh my gosh. People, you're wearing your desk. Pick up the book, <laughs> dive in, and we will discuss when next we meet. Uh, for now though, that is Between the Lines on the Katie Says Podcast. I'm Stephanie Domet. As I said, you can find Katie at nutritiousmovement.com browse through the books, videos, alignment snacks, sign up for the super fun, informative, photo-packed newsletter. I'm Stephanie Domet. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.